Um, so Soap, I heard you had a pretty juicy Ghislaine story. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell, that is. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in just kind of airing it out on the pod. Yeah, e, I did have a pretty juicy story. All right, go ahead. Um, what is it? Yeah, I only heard about it pretty early this morning. Um, but apparently, as of like a couple days ago... Oh, are you fucking serious? I am. I'm being dead serious. I know. And like everyone involved was... Dude, that's fucking crazy. What do you think was like the the precedent for that? Um, well, they were looking into... And... Okay, that really just blew my fucking mind. And this is something that the mainstream media does not cover. And so I'm glad that yeah, we're Yeah, I think kind we might of... be the first people to be talking about this. And I'm glad we are. We're kind of the people who are brave enough to air all of this out. It's a good feeling, for sure. <laughs> all right, amazing. Um, um, yeah. I mean, we can just talk and we'll... Yeah, we can, we can crop yeah, yeah, when we want to crop. That's the nature of the cold open, baby. Um, this isn't even going to be added into the pod. What um, do you have... We talked about this. Do you I, have a take on Ghislaine? I have no take on Ghislaine. <laughs> I personally think, and I've said this many times, but I think it's uh, Ghislaine. That's the pronunciation of it. See, my thing was that, like, I I began saying Ghislaine, obviously, but then I kind of realized that, like, the French pronunciation, yeah, like, French. it would bolster my sex appeal and, and complement my um, ample bosom. <laughs> Uh-huh. Very like features and general <laughs> womanly demeanor. Yeah. She's a French woman. She's sophisticated. She likes children. <laughs> Welcome back, loyal listeners, to Girls Interrupted, the self-help podcast for the mentally ill. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Elena. And I am your other host, Soap. And God made us podcasters because he couldn't handle us as sisters. We would like to extend a thank you to Kennedy Wright and Cowboy Social for our new boss intro. Kennedy, if you're listening, I've been in love with you for years, and I hope you heard the thing about my ample bosom. Um, And the song is Don't Text Me by Cowboy Social, as we just said. Go stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We have a whole, we actually have a whole list of shit. Hey, where do we enter? I think our good, a good place for us to start would be, um, with the auto zone. Yeah. Let's hear it for the (laughs) auto zone, everybody. They had a good run for like 15 days. Yeah. Moment of silence for the auto zone. Thank you, auto zone, for your sacrifice of, uh, credibility. Mm -hmm. That was a great, (laughs) that was a great blow yeah um somebody had to take the fall and be the absolute fools um and you guys really stuck your neck out yeah i'm really sorry chaz slash chop um honestly rest in peace hate to see you go um but yeah i mean i don't really have um i don't have enough like news about this but from what i know two young gentlemen were shot um by the established security force um and that's obviously 
just really really bleak especially given what the very purpose of Chaz was yeah at that point you kind of have to ask why they did this in the first place right because if they're opposing the police well you yeah because every I mean the whole point of the Chaz was that they were self-proclaimed anarchists mm-hmm. you know um how exactly are they backing that up right when we know Um, they're just libs we know it was just a bunch of libs i don't even think they were meaning to be anarchists i thought that they were just sort of like commies that wanted to defund the police i think it's really bleak that their opposition to the police sort of fell apart as soon as um as soon as they establish any sort of border or anything and like you you mentioned self-defense but like they couldn't even do that proper i mean didn't they shoot the wrong people yeah they didn't shoot and that's like that's enemies. also like kind of like um what i was saying about the left and like their compulsive lying mm-hmm. to cover their ass for like things that they care about you know yeah. it's like it's not so much based in like ideology a lot of the time it's like really just like what's mine is mine and i have to defend it and yeah and up, being yeah. critical of your own ideology which you should be yeah you you should always yeah and like i saw you know obviously so many people being like um two people were just shot and killed in the chaz and then like people from within the chaz were like oh you're believing you know like um like the conservative lies about the chaz and it's like how do you lie about people dying (laughs) yeah and it doesn't lend any less credibility to your movement if you're honest about the shit that goes down like if you're open about i mean it doesn't make it any better it's still horrific that that happened um but it makes it a lot more nefarious if people don't come forward with like yeah this yeah was a really fucked up yeah event. and like coming forward allows you the opportunity for condemnation you know like if yeah. they were to come forward and be like it was wrong that this happened then suddenly that distances their movement from it and that's what they want mm-hmm. rather than covering up is embracing it yeah covering up is the exact same thing that our like current functioning police force does you know Mm -hmm. and so um and just like sweeping things under the rug like that's kind of why we're in this you know there's a number of reasons why we're in this situation in the first place so i'm not going to chalk it up just to that but you know the fact that a lot of these issues or a lot of the times that police shootings happen um are just brushed under the rug so often like continuously just builds and builds and builds and builds more frustration and pressure and the desire to completely revolt against it gotta say i didn't see it coming from the plant allies though oh no oh not the not the plant allies anything but yeah the whole like first of all their farm and i'm not a farmer but their farm looks (laughs) yeah but the thing is like i'm not a farmer but like my like the first tool at my farmer disposal here. is <laughs> farmer checking in the first tool that i would run to would be google yeah. you can look up anything you have the world at your fingertips these days yeah. and they were just like you know what winging it will probably do us better i don't i mean agriculture is su- such a hands-on project that i i honestly don't know if you could just youtube a video of like, I mean, but it would like it would do well yeah. to at least do a little to bit try, of research to literally before try. just like throwing wet soil on pieces of cardboard and putting up a sign that says this is for plant allies. I mean, you were saying the other day that a lot of these people are just straight up LARPers. And I think w- that was proven to me by um, damn. I wish I knew this guy's name, but he he basically was like some 
uh, member of their security force and he it you know he seemed really credible he like kind of talked about how he was a like a veteran or something like that and he would kind of go on about how he knew how the government extracts secrets from like political dissidents and shit like that um and basically it turned out that he was literally just larping i don't know (laughs) like his whole story mentally deranged yeah i actually don't know how much of that story was true and how much of it was just him being actually just schizophrenic yeah i mean i had um i'm like like as i was saying like i i wasn't expecting the chaz to be the the next paris commune but like Mm -hmm. i did have hope for what it meant historically you know like it felt like movement and like yeah um, what it was a symbol of yeah it felt like you know this is something this is something unique no matter what you know whether or not it's successful and we know you know it wasn't and we didn't exactly expect that but like um holy shit i didn't imagine it would be this bad (laughs) yeah i didn't imagine it would fully crash and burn (laughs) in just the most chaotic and honestly awful way and really hypocritical too not to mention um, yeah no i mean what mm. it came down to was them being liberals throwing a block party and like the only reason it existed is because the police allowed it to exist we went over that it was like if they wanted to stop them they could have stopped them Mm -hmm. um they didn't see it as a threat and you know it it was just a block party and like the fact that they came together and were sharing resources in a way doesn't make it necessarily a commune like that's Mm -hmm. the same thing as like when you show up like as i was saying like when you show up at a house party and like it's byob but everybody's taking each other's shots you know like that doesn't make your house party a commune yeah i mean i think they aimed to make it sort of like a um self-sufficient commune in the way that they were trying to grow food and like <laughs> provide <laughs> first aid to people and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah that stuff and was good and establish a police force that stuff is good it's so weird that on like day like before they even had the anything force, sprouting obviously. from the ground they were like day one police Let's force get cops <laughs> it's like da- just at least let your beans grow yeah. <laughs> they were like okay what's step number one in the anti-cop commune (laughs) obviously has to be cops yeah to defend Um, against the real to defend the plant allies who's gonna defend the plant allies except for cops that is very a very literal interpretation of good cops versus bad cops but it actually turns out that we are also there's okay there's a bad cop in everyone it turns out (laughs) there's a bad cop in me and you um good cop versus bad cop by the way definitely hinges on the on the idea that good cops even exist um and so i oppose that uh platitude there's only one cop the human cop yeah the cop of the mind it's sort (laughs) of like um it's sort of like christopher nolan's um dark knight it's sort of like the joker in a way how he's always wearing a mask but it turns out everyone else is the one also wearing a mask yeah so he's actually not even wearing a mask it's everyone around him they cancel out yeah and then it also turns out that he's a cop yeah the same logic applies to law enforcement believe it or not the joker was police propaganda yeah i thought it was anti-cop no it's for the police because at the very end of it it's like one of those post-credit scenes it Uh turns out he's a cop 
oh i didn't see that i never stay around for post credits after i saw um marvel um end game and i was waiting for the post credits was i was in the theater two hours after the movie played (laughs) after it finished waiting for the post credits and they they never came and so now i've just i'm against it i don't I don't ever stick around for post credits after post that. Credit, it was really post traumatizing. Credit scenes are fash. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Post credit scenes are pro cop, and this pod is a cab. And so, if you're a cop, why don't you go listen to a different pod, sweetie? <laughs> why don't you go listen to go over and listen to Joe Rogan, babe? Because that this is not the one for you. And I'm fine saying that. And you know. If that makes you mad, well, guess what? Sorry, snowflake. <laughs> um, cops are snowflakes, ultimately. So, yeah, Chaz is liberal. Um, yeah. I'm a little surprised. I think a lot of people, a lot of leftists are kind of, they don't like to admit that they're wrong. And a lot of them are like, you know, I always saw this coming and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you didn't. None of us did. Well, no, there's absolutely no way that we could have predicted that, like, they were going to shoot The people. way this would end was with murder <laughs> yeah. out of the Chaz. I mean, like, their whole point was, like, literally coming together and, like, painting, you yeah. know? Like, they just hung out. They Like, they were just hanging out and painting, which is, like, another point that, like, liberals hanging out is not a commune. You <laughs> a pack of liberals is called the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, we can settle on that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what Chaz was, ultimately. Chaz was the exact same thing as Infinity War. I'm... Because half the people there died? <laughs> I mean... I guess. I just think, plot-wise, you had the similar... Um, you had Captain Marvel, which was the mentally ill guy that pretended to be a vet. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to just stop while I'm ahead because I don't want to keep. This is a bad transition, but I did want to briefly, briefly, briefly touch on um, Ghislaine Maxwell. I do want to shout off some predictions if possible. Like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Like, what? I think, um, I think maybe, like, 50 years from now, like, there'll be, like, a Jeff Mangum-style album about, like, written by, like, a guy who just found out about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And, like, everyone's like, hey, man, this is a great album, but, like, what do you mean you just found out about Jeffrey Epstein? Like, 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 Jeff Mangum to Anne Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or it'll be like J. Cole. Uh, J. Cole whichever, reminiscing on like... Yeah, whichever comes first. I think um, my prediction is that both of... Bo- Jeff... Uh, I was going to call him Jeff Steen. Um, I think Jeffrey Epstein is alive. He's being cryogenically frozen. And Ghislaine will also be cryogenically frozen. And they'll wake up in 100 years and just carry on. But like yeah. very realistically... She's gonna die, right? She's gonna. I think so. She's gonna die. There's no. Come on. <laughs> I mean, there's no really other um, alternative to that. She's yeah. Probably gonna I get think COVID. we're all. We're all. Yeah. That's kind of. That's what I DM'd you. Was like, um, 
like they've been given an incredible opportunity here mm-hmm. with a deadly pandemic yeah you know where like that's such an easy cop-out for them oh she died in her cell because prisons are filled <laughs> with covid right now you know what i kind of want to happen i kind of want them to be like to have so much contempt for like um just consumers of media and just all citizens that they just stage the exact same murder like a replica of it because they i want it to be like so blatantly like fuck there you go there you go there's your romeo and juliet yeah she kills no she kills herself she hangs herself yeah because she is uh she can't live without her love (laughs) jeffrey and (laughs) giliet or sorry jeffrey and jizliet yeah that's that's gold yeah i love you hate to see it or you love to see it i mean it was like a like you could say it was a blockbuster (laughs) (laughs) it was a ball buster for sure yeah it was a blockbuster yeah so like you are gonna love to see it it's gonna be the new um romantic tragedy of our time it's shakespearean you know yeah like they're gonna throw it right in our face and yeah let it destroy us (laughs) let it like completely deteriorate our mental stability um so yeah i don't i don't have that much else to say about it it kind of just is what it is at this point live and let live you live and you learn jizz and let jizz (laughs) exactly um well in jeff's case do not let jizz because Because we all know... Our next topic of discussion is Alan Dershowitz. E, want to take it from here? (laughs) Yeah, Alan, if you are listening, call me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say call me. Yeah, I I truly don't want to talk about Alan Dershowitz. He's, like, (laughs) truly, like, the most decrepit, disgusting (laughs) man. That's what I I thought was so funny. When I sent you that... um, that article by him or like whatever that was i didn't actually read it was it the case for israel was it the case no that's a whole ass book where he just posts off about zionism no um but it was just like it was you know he published it like days ago Mm -hmm. and i like thought i was like so stunned that like alan dershowitz is really just like allowed to operate in the public sphere like yeah like make you know announcements to the public as if he isn't alan dershowitz i know who is like who is letting him like what editors are looking at his stuff coming in and being like oh it's alan (laughs) let's post like there was an anonymous like notes app um allegation on about justin bieber and it was just like it wasn't really corroborated by anything um it wasn't backed up by any other stories it was just an anonymous post um and alan dershowitz used that (laughs) to talk about like oh hey like this is the same thing exactly and like i would love to be justin bieber on the receiving end of that one two yeah of of alan dershowitz saying i relate to this Like, (laughs) like one someone comes out with an accusation being like i was assaulted by you and then, like, within the same day, Alan Dershowitz is like, hey, brother. Yeah. You and me, right? A cohort in a, like, <laughs> literal elite child Alan Dershowitz ring. calling Justin Bieber comrade. You know, fuck Alan Dershowitz. I don't even... I don't want to waste another breath on this man.
This podcast is sponsored by Love Like Woe by The Ready Set. So, shall we discuss the sosh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so there's a few, there's a few, like, trends that I've been seeing lately um, on social media in regards to activism. Yeah, as, and, I mean, like, as we all know, mm-hmm. um, social media was a huge part of, you know, this recent Black Lives Matter movement, like, mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of different aspects social media was incorporated in a huge way you know whether that be like um people people sharing information Mm -hmm. location and tips and stuff which like i would classify in like the actual information category and then also um showing your support you know um amplifying voices that kind of thing like you know the the very like aesthetic stuff the very surface level yeah brandishing allyship mm-hmm. um and so like for one of the takes that i have seen kind of circulate on social media is um you know if if you won't post about black lives matter because you're so you're too concerned about your instagram aesthetic then you know you should interrogate that uh, blah 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 and whatever and my first critique of that is just I think it's kind of a projection. Oh, it's like, absolutely projection. You're projecting something that, like, most normal brain people don't <laughs> really, yeah. like, consider. No, to, like, immediately imply that, like, oh, I know you're not posting because you're concerned about your aesthetic. Means is like you are hyper-concerned uh, yeah, with your yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, under the assumption, like, people give a shit about their Instagram aesthetic. Like, like you were saying, like, that would not have crossed my mind. Never. Because like, I, I never actually would have thought about, don't like, care. Oh, what about my Instagram aesthetic? Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. And also, I will say that, like, posting about BLM is not really interfering with anyone's aesthetic or even with their... Um, with their platform it's benefiting their aesthetic i mean like people are gaining significant clout for like you know their varying posts on blm depending on like their uniquity or like um you know like how how supportive they are like that's a clout builder are you laughing at me grabbing my titties (laughs) yeah she's like grabbing her boobs (laughs) like aggressively as she made that take but yeah and not to mention a lot of these posts are very hyper aesthetic oh yeah there's a very particular sort of millennial aesthetic that um a lot of these posts fit within and a lot of the times it's not that different from a corporate aesthetic Mm -hmm. it's glossier marketing yeah oh that's a really good way to put it too um i remember i went to lacma and they kind of had that like bold instagram font Mm -hmm. like repeating repeating font um on one of their walls and i was like oh wow like this is pop art is so broken this is a broken institution just like the rest of them but um yeah that's like what a lot of these posts are like i um there was one that just has there are no good cops repeated 20 times in like neon the like we just said like in that exact design you know um and i mean that was a really specific one but like that's kind of how a lot of these are and again like because these are so hyper aesthetic they're not really interfering with anyone's instagram aesthetic or their brand Mm -hmm. um and like you said it's literally bolstering it so i mean that's just one example of the the different like bad takes that i've seen on a lot of this um and here's another one will you do a dramatic reading of this 
Yes, I will. So this is a different, just bad take that I saw circulating around Instagram. Um, it says, why the refusal to post online is often inherently racist, which is literally, like, just on the surface <laughs> level, like, just reading that sentence. Don't you feel ridiculous reading that? Yeah, I feel Jesus. like, I feel lobotomized reading that. <laughs> I feel like this is not real life. Like, it this seems is, like a parody. No, I cannot imagine how they posted that in earnest. And we're like, yeah. good post, good post, you know. <laughs> well, it's also because of how just the word post has been used in <laughs> meme culture. Posting has yeah, taken yeah. on such a meaning that, like, to use it in this context is yeah. depraved like that's like yeah no it really <laughs> is there's so many layers of irony to the word post itself that like saying the refusal to post is racist like literally <laughs> sounds like a drill tweet doesn't it but yeah we can't really hate on people for not being on online 40 hours a day but the thing is like the you know like the the kernel at the root of this is that these people are online oh yeah i guess 40 you're right. hours a day <laughs> yeah they're like too online they're like way too online to the point yeah. where like activism is something that can happen online like they have right. taken parts of real life that can only occur in real life yeah and have translated them into an online space where they just like fundamentally don't connect right i.e organizing <laughs> like this social media is a mode of actual organizing yeah and like it you know social media isn't is a mode of organizing um in as much as like calling people is a mode of or like it's yeah. just communication but like you know posting is not included in that that's no not <laughs> it's not inherently organized it's not inherently yeah. um a mode of activism simply because it's a platform in which people communicate let's and get share into that beautiful caption um but yeah so why yeah why the refusal to post online is often inherently racist um so the first slide is a lot is going on in the world right now and the absolute least you can do is repost the million of millions of instagram posts helping people spread the message on how to help donate protest and converse i mean yeah that's true people should spread the message on how to donate and protest. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm grouping into information. It's like what yeah. I was telling you, like when the protest started, I was look, I was looking to like Twitters and, you know, certain accounts on Twitter and Instagram for information about like, you know, there was a lot of people Where are we in LA that were like, we're going to be at this intersection at right. this time. You know, like these are the people that are hosting um, this protest, etc. You know, like these are the supplies we need. And I was like, that's very beneficial to me. Right. But that like it makes social media a means to an end not yeah. the end itself yeah. like it is a means to actually exactly. meet in per- like exactly. the end goal is that you are meeting in person that's, and organizing yeah. yeah that's such a good point um but for these people it seems like this is the end this for them is the end. you know it's like not, yeah, social media is the point this of organization right right <laughs> i'll move on to the next thing um, yes, you're not obligated to share these ideals on your social media accounts. However, reflect on the reasons why you don't want to. Let's drop a pin right there. Right. I mean, they say reflect here, but they ask then... you to do the work. Yeah, they tell you to reflect on why you don't <laughs> want to use social media, but then they but proceed then. to tell you exactly why <laughs> and, you don't want to And they use also say, media. like, you're not obligated to. And, like, why say that, you know, when the whole point of their post is, like, you're required to post. It's your duty. <laughs> it's your duty to the post. poster's duty <laughs> again like it's literally a drill tweet i don't know how else to put it 
fear of getting political on your social media is at its core racist. This isn't a political issue. It's a humanitarian one. Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing is that like it is a political issue. We're trying to change policy. Yeah, literally. and there's like there's also another level of projection in there where they're saying like, "Oh, um I assume that you are all afraid to get political on social media." Right. You know, when it's like, "I'm not like i don't know anyone who is i don't know anyone who's afraid to like talk about politics like who are you surrounding yourself with (laughs) like you're so scared yeah but they say um it's not a political issue it's a humanitarian one but the thing is like those are not necessarily mutually exclusive a lot of political issues are also humanitarian ones and vice versa because politics is not just like signifiers for left versus right it's like a lot of the times the means to change these humanitarian well yeah issues. i mean that's what like politics is at its core. like what is politics you or know? what it like, ought to do you know yeah like politics you know they're looking at it in like a very american democrats versus republicans mm-hmm. you know like oh it shouldn't just be the left who's interested in this it should be ent- everybody you know mm-hmm. but like that's there that's like just a very very american lens literally through the american political system when it's like right. that's not you know that's not what how politics are defined as two parties you know like yeah i mean and they're telling on themselves here because like you know they've admitted here that they don't see politics as you know mobilizing towards a common cause i.e to address humanitarian issues mm-hmm. but rather an aesthetic yeah. because that's how they operate within the political sphere um and that's why they have to distinguish this is not political, it's humanitarian. And then they go on to say, if you're anxious about what your peers will think or if people will try to fight you, take a look at the people you surround yourself with. Fucking if you they would, take a look at the people yeah, you surround yourself with. I didn't have to. You do that. <laughs> um, if they would fight or make fun of you, they are the problem. They are the oppressor we are trying to educate and get rid of. Oh, the oppressor. And it's like, Okay, first of all, with the use of oppressor in a lot of the what shit that we What do they think oppressor, like, who do they I don't think know, they're oppressed But by? the way that oppressor is used in a lot of this, like, uh, in a lot of the liberal dialogue is, n- it has nothing to do with someone's relationship to actual power. Mm-hmm. It is literally just, like, a descriptive term for yeah. usually, like... People you don't like. <laughs> yeah, or just, like, I guess, a white person, you but know? Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, like, you, like... um you know like they're they are the oppressor there is like anyone um who isn't you know is in disagreement with black lives matter and like you know at that point it's like they're literally imagining just like a a very poor white person in the south Mm -hmm. that like has a confederate flag that's what i was saying was like yeah in what way is this man the oppressor he's on food stamps yeah (laughs) he's not oppressing anybody i mean yeah it this has nothing to do with like this man or this this group that these people are imagining as the oppressor you know they probably are it's not that they're not racist they probably yeah, are they yeah. probably are deeply it's racist just like with what power do they wield that racism <laughs> right 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 and that is the idea of the oppressor is that like they are actively uh leveraging their power yeah. to oppress other people yeah um and just like not a posting. random poor per- i mean like we're assuming that these people are like just random people that are not within the ruling class aren't necessarily like yes they absolutely benefit off of white privilege and structural racism you know we're not like 
we're not contending that point. It's really just the use of oppressor itself. Yeah, like, I as mean, a, like the guy, as a descriptor. The guy who slid in my DMs to disagree with my post about Black Lives Matter is the oppressor. By what logic? Yeah, truly. Like, what is he actually, what change is he actually affecting with his quote unquote power? Yeah, and, and that's like a lot of, you know, obviously they're using oppressor in a social media like context in this case and like that has a lot to do with like who they what what power they think people have just because of social media and like i understand you have the agency to like have your own platform Mm -hmm. with social media but like the same thing you know the same way that like they're all proud and like congratulating people with a lot of followers who Mm -hmm. like post stuff about black lives matter when it's like really like once again posting doesn't do anything it really doesn't you know it's not real power (laughs) right and i think that they do they do um they do view political dissidents as uh, i guess that's not what i'm trying they don't view capitalism as the ultimate oppressor or the ruling class as the ultimate oppressor like it's absolutely just political dissidents Mm -hmm. and and that makes sense because they do see all of this through the lens of a two-party system right and that's another like that's another problem right there Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'll move on to the next one. Is with, it a comfort thing? Yeah. If you're nervous about not being educated enough or being part of a conversation you're not ready for, that's fine. However, you must educate yourself and have these uncomfortable conversations in order to erase the racism that is built and sewn into you from many generations before us. Let's unpack the educate yourself. Oh, because yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we both have a lot to say about the kind of like educate yourself mentality. And this is where Jody Dean's comrade is going to come up a little bit. I mean, like we were saying, like it's heavily individualistic, mm-hmm. you know, and like above anything, it places, um, you know, contrary to what they're saying, above anything, it, it places your personal comfort of like, I'm I'm annoyed Mm-hmm. of having to educate people you know and like in you know it it has uh, a mentality that places the onus entirely on the uneducated person when like you know you don't you have no control over this uneducated person you have no way to see if they are researching you have no way to incentivize their researching and you have no way to um you know decide whether or not they ask you about it so like sure you know it's one thing to be like there's not one person who's like the spokesperson for everything Mm -hmm. like so like you know you should do research but like you don't have control over that what you have control over is yourself and like you in espousing you know transformative or radical or unique views only have control over yourself and like Mm -hmm. you want to be spreading these ideals and like especially if, if your ideals are in your mind humanitarian then that means your utmost concern already should be the community and like right. you should want to spread these view- these views you said like it should be a mutually beneficial experience you know right like, you're spreading your beliefs and then bringing them in you know like mm-hmm. it, it works for both of you i mean neoliberalism by design is very individualizing you know like it it diverts people's attention away from collective shared goals mm-hmm. and into very personal responsibilities it's like you must use your platform you must educate yourself and um none of this really lends itself to like a community like shared understanding of what the goal even is you know and like she she does kind of critique that and um 
I'll, I'll just quote her here. She says, the process of educating oneself is isolating, individuating. Learning is modeled as consuming information, not as discussion. Coming to common understandings or studying the texts and documents of a political tradition. Educating oneself is disconnected from a collective critical practice, detached from political positions or goals. Um, you don't exactly see this in reference to like spreading um, socialist ideology, but like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people who do say these things also seemingly espouse socialist beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, and like in that way, it's like, how are you achieving relatively radical goals like through such a you know capitalist method it's like a very you know yeah that's a good way to put it like it's still very much within the framework of individualism and cap and late capitalism um and so she jody dean goes on to talk about like these uh neoliberal modes of activism being like signing petitions posting on social media you know donating to gofundmes um as these very sort of like atomizing experiences um and to that end they again they place a emphasis on personal responsibility rather than like the collective front um and you know why is that why is that a problem and i think you know from her perspective it's just ineffective you know like you can't really affect change by approaching any given issue from uh an individual a one by one perspective yeah Yeah, um and then it turns into this very like self-interested activism where you're either participating because you're afraid of being judged or afraid of the consequences if you don't for example post on social media you know because that is yeah and like there you go they labeled that post if you don't post you're racist that's a threat is what that is more than anything that's a threat right (laughs) or you know they use it as a vehicle for personal or professional advancement you know so it's always you get this like very self-interested and thus very surface level activism um and then another point is it just absolves people of responsibility you know like if i lecture and call others out that absolves me of any like way that i benefit from the system you know and alternatively dean argues that we ought to direct our energy towards um community organizing yeah projects etc cetera, etc cetera. so and the next part is a refusal to post is at its core a refusal to give up your comfort a refusal to give up your power as a privileged individual to sit with silence is to let people die i mean the first part to that is you're not forfeiting your comfort by <laughs> posting on social media like physically like in a very uh material way people are usually enjoying some level of comfort if they're able to like make really detailed graphics from yeah, like if you've got a minute to post you're sitting on your yeah. couch if you have you know if you're on your macbook you know cooking up a infographic on <laughs> illustrator are you really forfeiting your comfort yeah and then like you know um comfort itself is a word that should not ever be brought into these social media spheres this is comfort is something that exists physically mm-hmm. that's what it is you yeah. know like or i mean there is mental discomfort but, but that's that also stems from physical interactions usually right yeah you know right. like 
unless you know obviously there's like mental illness but like when we're talking about um because they're talking about social interactions right you know discomfort that are in social online. interactions when they're mediated when they're mediated online there's no discomfort that's not something we should be talking about because the thing is you can log off you can delete comments you can block yeah, people it's like that tyler there's no discomfort tweet. yeah like this is <laughs> what do you mean you're getting cyberbullied just log off bro. like close your eyes <laughs> What do you mean you're uncomfortable? Just close your damn eyes. Yeah, discomfort comes from um, things that occur physically. You can't bring that into this. This doesn't work here. You know, there's, right. you're not losing comfort on social media. It's just yeah. not happening. Well, in a very literal way, like I said, I imagine this person is on their MacBook, you know, making an infographic, sitting in their one bedroom uh, Bushwick apartment, you know. <laughs> uh on a f in like a very literal way they are like physically you know economically stable or very comfortable. comfortable yeah comfortable on some level like they have the comfort of like even viewing like to even view this as an issue like to even pose mm -hmm. this as yeah. an argument that like if you yeah, don't post you you're racist from like such a bourgeois position already right. to even to, for this to even be something on your radar. Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Like, it's liberal to even, like, think about this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, and to and then to say that you're, like, not, you're too comfortable if you don't post is just, like, so fucking insane. Yeah, and I love the part where they continue by saying, like, to sit in silence is to let people die. Because right. the converse to that is to sit in volume is to help people live. And, like, posting is not the volume, you know? Like, what we were saying, like, your Instagram post, it is not what's getting between a cop murdering someone. No. Like, your volume yeah. on social media is, like, not affecting any material change. Right. Um, and I, I do, I just think that upper middle class, like, especially PMC liberals, should really just be aware of the way they use the word comfort. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, like, almost never... It's almost never like they don't understand yeah. materialism. It, yeah, exactly. At all. I feel like before you start invoking comfort, yeah, especially as a shame tactic, think about where you are. Exactly. Physically. Think about your reflect. <laughs> like, do think some about reflecting. Yeah, do some spatial reflecting on your own comfort, economically, socially. You right. know, like literally, presently, physically. Yeah. And then ask, you know, what comfort are you asking people to lose? If it's a similar situation to yours, it's probably still far more comfortable than like right you know anything that would be considered discomfort right and then refusal to give a power oh, right, as okay. a privileged individual you're also not giving you're not sacrificing your power either you're gaining power exactly and that's kind literally of something we touched power. on earlier is that like a lot of people do um leverage these social media movements to build their professional brand yeah like i.e robin d'angelo mm -hmm. like she's a perfect example of someone who has literally gained professional power mm -hmm. um use this as sort of like a career or a vehicle to advance mm -hmm. her career yeah yeah and like um you know within the hyper liberal woke world this is what corporatism has become you know like that's what amber was saying was like amber frost amber frost hi amber hi amber oh my god <laughs> i'm such a big fan that's what you're saying is like this is like you know um like it's ex it's expedient it's professionally expedient for you yeah. to espouse these things publicly you know right. and and conversely for them to espouse them back like right this is only beneficial for you 
Yeah. <laughs> and, the, like, the very fact that, like, corporations are sort of glomming onto this movement should be enough of an indication that, like... Nothing's uh, being challenged. Yeah, that your power as an individual is not being challenged by exactly. posting And, like, about that's it. what I was saying about where power shifts under capitalism is, mm-hmm. like, you know, as long as we exist within capitalism, which we do you know no matter yeah. how much we have a chaz or like how how radical this movement considers itself it it is existing you know like full-fledgedly under capitalism and mm-hmm. like um you have to watch where power shifts because mm-hmm. like you know power does and always will belong to the ruling class under capitalism and so like you know if you're seeing power shift towards this movement that's where the ruling class is you have to follow the money yeah i think you know if Amazon, for example, is posting about BLM, then I do think you have to interrogate the modes of activism that mm-hmm. are being used. Yeah, why exactly? Why exactly they're important, or mm-hmm. why exactly they? Uh, why do they find this good for them to post about? Because you right. know it's not because they care. You know, yeah. Like you have to interrogate how like this mode of activism actually functions. Like yeah, in and the people real world. refuse to interrogate. Like you remember the Vans thing. Vans right. had. Um, a disclaimer on july 7th that was like before you proceed to you know buying shit on our website um think about you know today is supposed to be a blackout day we're not supposed to spend any money on businesses like we your new pair of vans can wait like we we will lay down our lives here humbly at vans (laughs) you know (laughs) for for this important cause you know like don't worry about us We'll be okay this is more important right. and like still obviously you could go and check out after that you just had to click the little x at the top of it but like um i saw this all about on twitter statement. with a hundred thousand likes you know and it was captioned like wow i'm impressed yeah you are <laughs> yeah why are honestly impressed? like if you find yourself ever aligning with like with the likes of very large corporate entities i.e. Amazon, Vans, it's every company, basically. Sus. Then, yeah, sus, <laughs> sus. number one. <laughs> and two, interrogate that and probably... F- Ask we why prob- you're so brain dead. Right, and we probably need to find ways to transgress that because the goal is that, like, they are not on our side. Like, we are... We have to, at the end of the day, like, you know, oppose them. Like, they are our... Yeah, who know. exactly do you think is the enemy at that point? you know the yeah. oppressor like yeah, the, the, the enemy right. that you are the oppressor in is always to. that's a good point that is, you know the oppressor is always context. this like vague concept mm-hmm. of like oh rep- right wing you yeah, know yeah yeah it's never like the people who actually have the money and the strategy to mm-hmm. affect serious change you know um and so yeah i mean like that's enough to be said about that slide Um, And then the next thing they say is, think about the real reasons you don't want to publish your support. There should be no valid excuse. Black people are being killed. The least you could do is say their names out loud. Makes me truly want to delete, like retroactively delete everything that I posted. Think about the reasons you don't want to publish your support. Again, like support is this very like all encompassing idea or I guess like, you know, activism to them could be sharing information and resources or it could be just posting a black square it's all the same just yeah. publish your yeah. support just like generally. say something right saying something at all and like you know what the f- oh, never mind <laughs> yeah 
And then they quote Angela Davis, which is, uh, it says, it is not enough to be non-racist. You must be unapologetically anti-racist. But, like, that's so fucking funny because what that quote means is in real life. What was Angela Davis talking about, like, posting? (laughs) Oh, my God. I want to hear the word posting come out of Angela Davis's mouth. (laughs) I want her to say it. I want her to endorse this. But, yeah, it is, it, it is a bit, I don't want to say ironic, but it is, like, um, this whole post has no, no class analysis whatsoever, and, a- and actively, like, kind of damaging, it's, like, it comes from a very specific, like, professional managerial class of um, people, you know what I mean, and, like, only other people within that class would even be able to relate to this you know the kind of like give up your comfort blah 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 yeah only someone who like actually gives a shit about instagram yeah right who like or like or has so this is something that i've seen talked about very often is um instagram aesthetic as a concept right I don't know anybody who has, like, cultivated an Instagram aesthetic. What does that even mean? You know, like, the tone of your posts or, like, like a coherent, like, I don't know, to- like, tone to the photo. Fo- like I think it's just a literal, the appearance of it, you know. Then what aesthetic are you disrupting by posting if, it, like, it's not, like, already something that's been pre-cultivated? I don't know. Like, that's, you know, like, not only is she speaking to people who are obsessed with Instagram, but she's speaking to people who have taken the time to cultivate a coherent aesthetic for their right. profile. And, yeah, like, those are only... That's fucking privi- insane. <laughs> yeah, those are only, like, privileged individuals, Yeah, they're also right? fucking stupid. Like, yeah, you know, like, you're you're kind of organizing with the wrong crowd. Yeah, get new friends. These guys <laughs> are fucking lame. Or, yeah, I mean whatever like what is there even to say about that but the thing is like angela davis is a commie (laughs) so there's your first problem yeah you know um but yeah i mean that's all i have to say about that um do you have any opinions on the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible i think that's fucking stupid i think it's stupid as well I like I do not think the revolution should be aesthetically I don't think the revolution should lead with aesthetics ever no not ever at all. not Who at the all fuck? well because then it's completely divorced from like y- if you attract people based on irresistibility you know like the irresistibility it's, of the revolution should come from how it's good for us yeah the politics of yeah it. not that like <laughs> oh shit that's sexy yeah this is like aesthetically good for me yeah because like did that work in the 60s <laughs> i think we know we all know how that turned out your take was really good on it that like the role of art is not to make the revolution irresistible that job should be done by the politics of it yeah you know yeah like people actually have to agree with the idea behind the revolution not just the optics um so yeah those were i think those were the three posts that i was sort of lamenting um but i don't have much else to provide here (laughs) let's talk about the letter yeah um so yeah, Harper's Bazaar published a letter on justice and open debate. And it was pretty much just um, a bunch of 
you know, thinkers, writers, etc., coming together to sign on to something to advocate for free speech and advocate against censorship. Mm-hmm. That's really exi- all it was. That was the whole thing. It was like them being like, you know, censorship has gotten out of control mm-hmm. and we can't stand for this. Um, right. And just the they're sort of condemning in this letter the stifling of debate. Um, in it, they say... Uh, this needed reckoning has also intensified a set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and tolerations of differences in favor of ideological conformity. And that's exactly true. It, no, it's we absolutely true. About. It's absolutely true. What we were just talking yeah. about, in fact, like the refusal to post is racist. Yeah. You no, know, like, no, I mean, it, this is a it's a ridiculous time that we are in. Mm-hmm. And. So, because of that, liberals are f- mad about the letter. Mm-hmm. Liberals are very mad about the letter. And, like, my what I think is hilarious about that is, like, how, how do you think you're the good guys mm-hmm. if, like, you literally see a letter that just says, like, I want to be able to say stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we shouldn't be shutting down debate. Right. You know, like, a very basic argument. And look at that and be, like, wrong. Right. Like, you guys the- are fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, like to get into some of the critiques of it which i only really saw one but there were a lot of sort of um dog whistles i guess about i actually don't even know what dog whistles is so i shouldn't even use that word um but there were just like these minor criticisms about how it was um like thinly veiled i guess transphobia or just like anti-trans sentiment it's a very short letter it's Mm -hmm. very short it's like a few paragraphs yeah like because it's a basic argument it's a thing all they really need is a statement saying Mm -hmm. they're in agreement but the fact that madam rowling signed on Mm -hmm. deems it transphobic right the letter itself does not um ever address like any kind of trans issues at all point yeah yeah it has nothing to do with that it's literally about a stifling public debate and yeah. discourse and like they're literally playing right into it by mm-hmm. being mad about the fact that jk rowling is on it because she has differing views the entire point of the letter yeah. is that we should be allowed to have differing views but <laughs> right. and like the views of the people who signed on yeah. do not matter to the letter because the letter is about protecting everyone's view like how do they not right. understand right 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 how they're not just like, immediately playing into that yeah they draw the meaning from the people who endorse it and not the statement itself um, which is bizarre because, like, J.K. Rowling did endorse it and sign it, but so did, like, Noam Chomsky. Chomsky signed it. Right? And, and so now they're canceling him for singing the, um, the song Let's Get Retarded by the Black Eyed Peas, but not the version that changes it to Let's Get It Started. That's really fucked up. I think Noam should be able to sing whatever he wants. <laughs> um, Noam should be able to get retarded. Yes. That's um, his right it's his right as a human being and a public intellectual but yeah i mean there's again there's like not really that much to be no there's not you can't cancel noam chomsky like lifelong advocate of free speech right for advocating free speech (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's always been they don't know who noam chomsky like they can't you can't so they can't cancel him anyways because they're not the consumers of his content it's more of the fact that people thought it was problematic that it was they thought it was inherently conservative right i mean 
Yeah, I mean, that's another thing is, like, conflating the free speech argument Yeah, because that is often a thing of theirs. Because, like, to be fair, conservatives are censored. They absolutely are. Yeah. That's, like, very true. We know that Mm -hmm. because, like, we've seen it happen in real time, you Mm -hmm. know, um, on platforms or, like, in real life at college campuses and stuff. Like, it's very, yeah. We see right-wing media um, sort of erect itself as a response to that yeah and like it's a usually not like republican media it's usually yeah. like right, right yeah way. yeah and so like you know um i mean like they're correct they are being sensed that's true mm-hmm. you know whether to varying degrees of awfulness their views are and right. so like you know some of them yeah <laughs> you probably shouldn't say that but like you know mm-hmm. they are being censored but like we know the same thing happens to the far left Mm-hmm. The exact same thing happens to the far left because, in corporate media. Yeah, yeah, because they they're not liberal enough. You know, like when yeah. arguments become too class based for liberals and lose their identitarian grasp, suddenly they are censorable. You know, yeah, suddenly they are. So like you know, liberals are are censoring everybody. So like mm-hmm. I understand why liberals would think that it's the conservatives, the far right conservatives, but yeah. like it's not. I mean. Yeah, free speech is for everyone. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> and it also is necessary to any kind of left movement, just as much. I mean, it it just, well, it you absolutely. Know, it's I mean, like, it's democratic. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, like how you know, there's no. It's so funny that like liberals think that they are. Like, we were talking about this. Liberals think they are the counterculture. Mm-hmm. They think they're the ones pushing against. They're the radicals and the mm-hmm. changers and the progressives or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they are the cultural but they hegemony. are the ones who are shutting who are enforcing the censorship how mm-hmm. do they not understand that like they're stopping move movement to the left and mm-hmm. to the right um so like obviously they these guys are in control there's yeah. no counterculture here they are the censorers i also don't understand the just really surface level or not even surface level it's like very like just wrong straight up wrong reading of the letter Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like simply because jk rowling signed the letter it the letter itself is transphobic because that is like her personal views are transphobic that's like those are the yeah that's that's what we were talking like those are the same bizarre leaps in Mm -hmm. logic that you find when um woke twitter types try to cancel anybody you know where like they remember that example where like they dug through a girl's followers and found out that she was following someone who um, was, like, following a conservative or something. And therefore, by association, this girl became a white nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> they called her that. Right. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, like, no consistency, obviously. Um, right. It's, just like, so many logical fallacies yeah. happening at once that just, like, all don't make sense. And I don't understand why, like, there can't be one thing that we agree with J.K. Rowling on. You know what I mean? Like, we, we can't have to, even agree on free speech. Yeah, with we JK have to Rowling. condemn her on every single every one single of her level. views. Yeah, you know? like we can't just, like, we can't just admit that. Yeah, she's a transphobe, and like, you know, she sucks. But this one thing that she happens to agree with is very important to democracy, yeah. and it fucking is like i don't know i don't i mean like that's that's why you were making such a good point when you were saying that like when you look at um political compass cartoons liberals like the woke liberal type should absolutely be like all the way over like to off left they should not um, be yeah. live left authoritarian these, yeah these guys are liberals are authoritarian as hell yeah 
and they just don't <laughs> want to admit it you know like yeah. they want to they want everyone to conform oh to yeah they their want very specific control. politics and ideology um which is why they'll never really truly be a part of any like um socialist or democratic socialist movement mm-hmm. you know because it relies on democracy and that also means democratic thought and speech <laughs> etc it's so on and so forth. if you if you find yourself ever like strongly disagreeing with noam chomsky then you should interrogate you know why you call yourself a democratic socialist yeah i mean i'm assuming here you know that that people mad about it are dem socias but um they are as far as i mean I've i think seen. i think they're libs they, well that's kind of the thing is that like the overlap there has gotten a little too extreme and the word mm-hmm. democratic socialist is getting thrown around a little too much mm-hmm um, yeah, like as we've seen with the DSA, as we've seen, <laughs> as we've seen with Bernie supporters, yeah. you know, um, words don't mean anything. No, words mean nothing. Words mean nothing. And um, I guess that's a wrap. Yeah, I think that's, my, that's now like that we've my established words that words mean, mean nothing. nothing. Thanks for listening to episode two. Bye. Bye. Bye.